some people may not have a lot of liquidity, but their money is continually working. And that's really what I try to share with investors that are brand new that aren't working with a ton of capital. Hey, well, it's once you get there and you get those compounding interest examples, just continue to make make sure your money's always working for you, never stack it. So that's the biggest thing that I've really, the conversion that I've made. Welcome to the Profit First REI podcast, where real estate investors master financial management, eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and learn to be profitable from day one. Now for your host, David Richter. Hey everyone, it is David Richter here with the Profit First REI podcast. Have another exciting guest, Jay Drexel, which I know from a mastermind group that we're a part of together where I'm, there's a lot of high level individuals in there. And Jay is partners in the United Tax Lanes and does a lot of tax lien education. And I know that he's going to provide a lot of value here. Some of you might be doing tax liens, some of you might not be doing tax liens. So probably have you talk about that a little bit, Jay, but thanks for being on today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. I've uh, listened to a few of your podcasts. Super excited about the things you're doing. Wish you best success. And I'm glad I could be here with you. Awesome. So before I ask you how you got started and all that stuff, like I start off, if you are listening to this podcast, you can't see this, but if it's YouTube, you can see behind him, he's got a, a wall of checks, it looks like. So Jay, can you explain what that wall of checks is behind you? Yeah, just me showing off. That's there what you I go. <laughs> um, but I guess it's uh, proof of what, as to what we do or what, what I educate on. Um, I, do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of webinars um, and something makes this a little unique in the webinar space is that everything we do is live. We very rarely run recordings of anything we do. So I'm in this... Yeah area a lot. So just as a visual, what came up with the idea, I mean, one of the partners that, that I get these checks all the time, redemption checks, which if you don't know much about them, we'll cover some of that stuff in a minute. And came up with the idea, well, what if we just put them on a cork board? And I'd never thought of it. I usually just, just like any other checks, I just get them, deposit them, toss them away. And then about two years ago, they were like, why don't you just keep them all? So I've got those behind me and I cycle them out all the time. This is a stack from just the last couple of months. And <laughs> it probably won't see them that much anymore just because a lot of uh, local governments are moving to electronic transfers. But you still do get a lot of checks from, from local governments, counties specifically. So. Awesome. So we'll talk about what redemption checks are. But why don't you tell us your background? Like what got you into tax liens? What got you into real estate and where you are, you know, where you went from to where you are now? Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, so I guess just like anybody that wants to have success in life or just financial security, um, I came from a blue collar background, originally from a, a mining town in Utah, of all places. I now spend most of my time in DC, Washington, DC area. Uh, but back then I was raised by my single mom. I'm one of eight kids. Um, so I always learned to work really hard, but not very smart. And so <laughs> graduating from high school, I went through the normal path of um, blue collar work mostly. Um, eventually did an installation in car audio systems, home entertainment systems. I was a garbage man for the better part of 10 years, got into a little bit of construction. Uh, and then eventually about 15 years ago, kind of that trifecta of things happened to me. I lost my job, my home went into foreclosure, I got divorced. So yay, victory, yeah. success. Um, <laughs> kind of fell on my face, was moved, forced to move back into my mom's basement. And it's not a sob story, just I guess an origin story. Um, and I started looking for ways to create income outside of what I had. And I didn't have a college education. Um, I really didn't have a lot of skills, <laughs> to be honest. And 
So I started to hear from people uh, that, hey, real estate kept, start, I started to get in that journey of reading books and finance, you know, uh, the, the journey that so many people do, like you, rich dad, poor dad. I'd heard you talk about that several times yourself, right? Yep. And started to go through that. And that's actually the first place I'd ever heard the word tax lien was in that book. Mm. If you recall, he does talk yeah. about them. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. And I stumbled across a book. Uh, I don't want to make it too long, but to make some extra money while I was looking for a job, I started to do retail arbitrage. Retail arbitrage. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I basically was buying stuff and selling it on eBay, right? Yeah. At that time, because Amazon wasn't really a thing back then, not that big anyway. And I stumbled across this book uh, called The 16% Solution. And I didn't know anybody successful in real estate at all, right? Didn't know anybody in any side of the world. And this book was about tax liens and it explained it, seemed like it was simple enough. And then I watched an infomercial on it those famous like, early 2000s infomercials. And I eventually went to a tax sale. And everything I read in the book, nothing was accurate to, not to say it was bad, it just didn't apply to my scenario or my area. Right. And so I was defeated because I didn't, I had a couple hundred dollars to my name. I was leaving and a guy that I happened to strike up a conversation with started talking to me. I said, well, I heard that you have these inexpensive ones. There's nothing here. And Luckily, kind of my guardian angel said, oh, no, you can buy those directly from the county. They just don't auction them off. It's not worth them worth them to do it. So I bought one directly and uh, it was like 72 bucks. And a few months later, kind of said in the background as I went and got another job. And a few months later, I got a check for $85. And I was like, I'm rich, $13. Um, <laughs> the bigger, bigger thing is you like to educate and reach on is the ROI, right? The return on right. investment was 18%. And I realized it was duplicatable. So my journey was very slow. And I tell that people all the time, tax liens isn't something that you necessarily get into for the big, big boom chunk of money like you do in other types of real estate. It's very safe. It's very secure if done right. And it's a slow burn, so to speak. Um, but I eventually started to continue to invest, eventually got some properties and just kept doing it over and over again. Then I do dabble into other types of real estate, but this has just been my background. I've always done it. And then other people started to seek me out because it's public record when you buy real estate. And I didn't have an entity at the time. So my name was on tons of tax liens in different states. And so people started to ask me like, your name keeps coming up. Like, how often do you do this? And I just built this pipeline. And then things went digital over the last few years. And then I just kept doing it. And I buy pretty much every week. And I currently hold about 700 tax default property investments in the form of liens and deeds um, all across the United States. And now I just educate people on it. So that's it. So Not that exciting. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's awesome. No, that's a lot of action and a lot of massive action, you know, like yeah. over the years to have that many. So can you explain that process then? Like how long does it typically take? Like when do you get the payouts? Like yeah, talk about the redemption checks. Like talk a little bit about the, you know, the process. Yeah. So to kind of rewind, if you're, if you're not that, do you, do you have any experience investing in tax liens or, or I don't personally okay. no, not in my no. real estate career. David, one of these things that you hear all the time that I, I deal with a lot of people or I help a lot of people that are in traditional real estate, um, whether it's wholesaling, flipping, uh, rehabs, buy and hold, whatever it is. And they've all heard the term tax liens or tax deeds, but not that many people are that familiar with it. And what I've discovered, especially in the last two years, is uh, uh, the things that a lot of people think they know aren't even close to the reality. So it's kind of a hard genre because it's not like the whole wholesaling or flipping and go find this property here, my numbers, they match up. The difference in tax sales is they're different everywhere in the US. Every state has different laws, rules, and regulations than every, within each state, each jurisdiction has different law, will have the same laws, but the way they operate is different, it's independent. Yeah. 
And that's where it gets confusing. But my basic process and what I really focus on right now, uh, specifically in tax liens, is just a higher yield. I'm looking for myself personally and the investors I work with, 16 to 18% consistently. Annual that's annualized, right? Um, there are some places that will pay higher than that. And, uh, people hear many times that re- redeemable deeds in Texas pay 25%. But historically, what it was is you would find out about a sale. Most areas would have their tax lien sales once a year and maybe twice in each local area. And so you'd get a list of the stuff, you'd go through it all, figure out what you could afford and meet your criteria. And the other hard thing is that these local governments are just doing this to bring in money. It's the reason they're doing it because they need the money to pay for schools and roads and everything else. Yeah. So they put every parcel of land on there that has delinquent taxes, even their own land, even county land, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize. So you can buy liens against swamp land, ditches, desert, medians on freeways, rights of way, if you don't know what you're doing, because you just look at the numbers. If you don't pay attention to what the property actually is, then you can get yourself in trouble because it comes back to, unfortunately, a lot of those infomercials you used to see back then, right. they'd always say, you're guaranteed X amount or the property, right? Right. And that's correct, but it's got a lot of legal stuff in there too, right? So what we've tried to do is simplify it. So instead of having to physically go to sales, like you used to have to do, and then pay cash if you win, if you can't pay, you get penalized and banned from areas. We've just created a system to simplify it so you can do it virtually. So I can be in DC and I can invest in many different places across the US or I can be on vacation. And that's really what we educate on is just simplification and saying, okay, you've got this great rate of return. And if they don't pay back in a certain period of time, redemption period, right? If you don't get that redemption check, like you see behind me, which is the amount that you've invested, your principal, plus whatever the mandated rate of return in that area is, whether it's 10, 14, 18, or 24%, if you don't get that and the time frame expires for them to pay back, that's when you can step in and acquire the property. County doesn't really give it to you. You have to go through a legal process, but you're still acquiring properties at huge discounts, right? Compared to market value. So that's the basic idea of it. And we just do it virtually now. And then uh, I've done it on a weekly basis for several years now since it went digital. So weekly, I get either redemption deposits or checks. And it took a long time to build up, but it's something anybody can do these days. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so it kind of is. A little bit mailbox money there, but you've got to do. You, so you still have to keep actively going after new ones in order to keep the pipeline full, so you can keep the the checks rolling in. Yeah, correct. Absolutely, David. It's not like uh, having a rental. I mean, even with a rental, it's not completely passive. You have to manage the property or have a manager. Right. This you have to continually invest, right, and can do over and over and over again. And it depends on what you're looking for. So it still can be a great way to acquire properties, and that's where I've seen a big influx of traditional real estate investors that are flippers or buy and hold investors yeah. because there seems to be a shortage of inventory in some areas in the US right now, right? So they don't want their money to be stagnant. So they realize that if they learn the right way to invest in tax liens, indeed, their money's growing you know, 10, 18, 24% annually with a chance to also acquire a property, right? And at usually a discount. And as we all know, in real estate, you generally make your money in your buy. Right? Yes. So right. if they can get a property for pennies on the dollar, then it boosts their profits. But it's more of a patience play. And that's yeah. where, especially new investors, it's hard to teach patience to new investors because we get so so excited. And I was that same way too. But you know, you just kind of learn and continue to let it grow. Awesome. So this is something that could be also added in as a potential source. Like if you're doing you know, other fix and flip or wholesale or whatever, like you said, like you work with a lot of people doing that and they add this to their repertoire of 
what they're doing. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. Um, the it's great to bring new people into one great thing about tax lien investing specifically is the price point. I can get people started with $20 and actually go out today and buy a tax lien, right? Is that going to make you a ton of money? Probably not, but you're starting. And as you know, for so many people doing the first one is the hardest. And once they get that out of the way, it continues on. But where I see a lot of people that aha goes on are people that are already real estate investors, and they realize, okay, this isn't in competition. I'm not taking all my time and putting it into this instead of finding the next property to flip. I'm just doing this along with. It's complementary to all forms of real estate. It's in that same universe, and it's something you really can do in your spare time today. So it just adds to what you are already doing. Yeah, uh, I love that. That's really great. So I'm sure that if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, then you're probably doing some form of real estate or want to jump in. This is a great, like you said, a great complimentary thing to do while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. And if you're, even if you're just jumping in, I'm sure you you probably work with some people maybe who have W-2 jobs still. And like, you know, they do this maybe on the side or something just as, you know, I don't know. Seems like yeah, most, absolutely, David. Sorry to step on you there. Uh, uh-huh. But most, most people that we do educate are people that have regular nine to five jobs or whatever the hours may be, uh, yeah. night shift. And they can really do it. And the, the hardest thing with tax liens it, just like anything you're learning is the learning curve. Once right. you get through the learning curve and the challenge that I have with a lot of new investors when it comes to tax sales in general is it's so broad, they don't focus in and they get so consumed by all the other things. That's why the direction we take at United is let's find you some place that's easy to invest in, that's affordable, that works within your budget, has a good rate of return, that 16 to 18% sweet spot that we talk about and a great chance to acquire a property at a discount. And let's focus in on that and it's getting a lot of people to think, okay, but that's not my backyard. Well, remember, you're not buying the property, right? So it doesn't matter where it is. And if you get the property, right? And you know this in real estate, if you know, I happen to be in DC and I acquire a property in Arizona and the property's market value is $280,000, but I pick it up for $25,000, there are ways to make money with that where I don't physically have to go touch the property. Right. And essentially yeah. wholesale it to somebody in that area, dump it off on them. And that's one of those things you have to make that conversion for some people that don't have that, maybe that mindset or just that experience. Right. Right. Yeah. But most, most have regular jobs and just do this spare time, just add it to what they're doing. Awesome. I love that as well, too. It just seems like very complimentary, no matter what the situation is, you know, as, as a real estate investor, or as a, if you're working still nine to five, this could be your introduction to real estate investing. So I love that. So Jay, I'm sure along your way, you've learned some lessons about money because this is the Profit First RI podcast. We want to talk about profitability, all that good stuff. But what lessons, what early lessons did you learn about money and how does that compare to what you know about money or think about money today? I learned very few early lessons about yeah. money. So it was bad managing money. Uh, and then when I started to make decent money, I guess, you know, become again on that path of financial freedom, I still was bad with money. So I went to people like you that are good and understand that. And so it's, it's changed dramatically. It's like, cause I just made it, I spend it because that's kind of my mindset. It's where I was. That's how I grew up. And it was just learning. And the first thing that put me on that path, weirdly enough to save was, uh, if you ever read the book, uh, richest man in Babylon. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, and I was to net net that it's basically reinvest, right? Mm-hmm. Save X amount, reinvest. And yep. that's what it started to continue to do and just continuing to build wealth and making sure the other big thing, and this is what I've really focused on in the last 10 years, you don't have to start with a ton of money to mm-hmm. be able to retire comfortably. Oh. It's like you say, it's hold, it's what you keep, right? 
So it's learning all the different things. Like you can invest through self-directed IRAs, self-directed Roth IRAs. Um, so you can keep more of that money and continue rolling on. I'm sure you know quite a bit about that. And it, it's really what we're able to keep and continue to grow in knowing that as long as your money's constantly working for you, right? I mean, I mean, some people may not have a lot of liquidity, but their money's continually working. And that's really what I tried to share with investors that are brand new that aren't working with a ton of capital. Hey, well, it's once you get there and you get those compounding interest examples, just continue to make make sure your money's always working for you, never stack it. So that's the biggest thing that I've really, the conversion that I've made. Awesome. No, I love that. And that's what I love that you mentioned the richest man in Babylon, because that's definitely one of the foundations of, I believe, the the principles around that, that Profit First is built on and what we want to yeah. make sure that we're that we're not just building for, you know, just for today, but for tomorrow and what, you know, what we want to do and why did we start this business and just yeah. some of the things we lose sight of as we start, as we start making money and, you yeah. know, having the same habits of, you know, personal habits that we bring into the business world, you know, like until we learn how to actually get the cash where it needs to be. So really appreciate that. And then with your, what would you say in your, in your um, opinion is one of the biggest mistakes that you see investors make maybe even in the active side or in tax liens or like, what is some things that you see like just out there that people are making mistakes when in real estate investing? It seems too simple. But uh, the biggest biggest one I see is procrastination overthinking, right? Uh, uh, what's it? Paralysis by overanalysis or whatever yeah. it is, right? Um, that's the biggest one I see is that everybody wants to weigh all every single option of what, and it's the, what if this happens, not, you know, what if this bad thing happens, but what if this good thing happens? It's very rare you hear that. Okay, the good stuff's going to happen. Everybody's so worried. And that's why what's cool about this is the smaller you know, investment and scaling up. That's the biggest thing is just overanalyzing, never actually, hey, to use the quote, but pulling the trigger, right? That's the first thing I see and not to add to it. But the second thing is not understanding due diligence. But I think that goes for all real estate. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. We see that. We got to make sure that you buy right. And that's all that really matters up front. If you can buy it right, you can usually do whatever you need to on the back end. So that's great. So is there anything else I'm sure you have tons of material on tax lien investing, but what else would you want to pass on or what our listeners know about tax lien investing that we haven't covered already? Really that it's, I know there's a lot, it's misunderstood, but it is really safe. Um, it's been consistent. It's been in the US for over two centuries. It's something that a lot of people have heard, but don't know that much about. And it is incredibly secure. And it's the way I look at it, it's a high, it's a high yield without volatility of the stock market or crypto. It's not doing this. If you do the proper due diligence, it goes in here, it comes out here, it's consistent, and it's been consistent for well over a century. There's never been a downturn market to tax sales ever in US history. doesn't mean you can't go wrong. It's just that you need to understand the due diligence, but it is incredibly safe. It's incredibly secure as long as it's done right. And it's great for wealth creation. And keep in mind, it's not instead of, it's to add to. That's probably the easiest things to point out. Okay. No, I love that. That's love, love this whole concept. Love that basically anyone listening to this podcast, you do a one deal or a thousand deals that this is something that you can add in uh, to as an investing strategy. But I've just got a couple last questions here. Do you have any general advice for the real estate investing world? And you know, this is just your time to shine here of like what you've seen and what you want to make sure that you get out to the, the investing. Um, great question, man. Um, I would say for me, and I think you're on the same mindset also, is just continuous education. 
Yeah. Really just continue to learn, continue to learn different aspects, different points of view. And something you may learn in real estate may not suit you right now, but you never know when you're going to use it. Some people say, well, you know, and don't, don't spread yourself too thin, but really focus on, become really good at one or two things and then keep adding to it, keep adding to it, but continue the education because especially in real estate, it changes all the time. Yeah. And we can try to predict markets all we want to, but there are certain things that stay consistent. So I'd say that'd be my biggest advice is continue to learn from people like David and the guests that he has on this podcast. You know, we're not, any of us that are in real estate, we're not telling you don't do this program, don't go through this. I think if you're a good expert, you're telling people learn as much as you can because applied knowledge is power, as we all know, right? right. But it's not going to hurt you to continue to learn, continue to learn. It's going to only help your growth. And as you pointed out, it's not just the money we make, it's the legacy we create as we pass it on to those around us, families, friends, kids, nieces, nephews. Really, it's just being able to, once you learn it, giving back just like you are and bringing on people to show different aspects of different types of real estate that they can add to what they're already doing. Yeah, no, I love that. So the last question here, since there's been so much advice, so much good education here, so many nuggets of wisdom, then how can our audience provide value back to you? What is now, what's what are you do, working on right now? I know that you teach tax lien, so tell about how to connect with you. Yeah, we do a lot of live classes that are free to attend the initial, hey, just introduction. But for all of your listeners or viewers on uh, uh, on YouTube, uh, we have a free book we'd like you to take if you'd like to have it. And there's a couple things you can do, and I know you can put this uh, when you do uh, when you put it up on the screen or whatever. But they can text the word invest can be capitals, lowercase, it doesn't matter, I-N-V-E-S-T to the number 72000 if you want to use your mobile device, your phone. So once again, that's invest 72000. You'll get a free ebook. And if you'd like to have a free consultation with one of our tax sell experts, just to help point you in the right direction, because we kept this very you know bite-sized and consumable. Uh, the other thing they can do is they can go to our website, which is unitedtaxliens.com. And if they like to add just an extension to it, just front slash free gift, they can go there and download that free book and set up a consultation if they like it also. Okay, awesome. There you go. So invest to 72000 and that can get you started on that road. Jay, it's been awesome learning about tax liens on here, getting that information out, and then just a lot of other good stuff that you had here. So thank you so much for being on the Profit First REI podcast. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you found this episode valuable, could you do me a quick favor? Can you give us an honest rating within iTunes? And be honest, you could say whether you liked it or not. And obviously with iTunes, the more reviews and ratings we have, the better it is for other people that are searching for a profit first and a podcast. So we'd love to be ranked on there. And that's thanks to your help. So we would really appreciate that if you would like to go give us a rating. Also, if you're looking to connect with us further, I would highly recommend checking out our Facebook group, Profit First for Real Estate Investors, and that's literally what it's called. So you can type in Profit First for Real Estate Investors, and you'll be able to find <laughs> you'll be able to find our Facebook group right there. So come join active real estate investors who are supporting each other and growing their businesses and profits together. That's what that group is all about. The link should be in the description below. And if you're interested in working with us and implementing Profit First in your real estate business, we offer coaching and guidance. So if you want to work with someone who's actually Profit First certified and who works right now currently with real estate businesses, you can actually go start your application process by going to simplecfosolutions.com forward slash apply, 
or just go right to simplecfosolutions.com and there's an apply button right on there. If you want to actually start your profit first journey with someone who can actually walk you through those step by step and help you know and grow your cash flow. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Profit First REI podcast. See you next episode.